For me, what drives me is my passion. Um, I have a lot of fun making music, and it's also very like therapeutic, just to be like pumping out songs. And just the fact that like every hour that I spend on my hobby or what is my hobby now, you know, can help kind of like further my progress. Welcome back to the Curative Podcast. I'm your host Kevin Sutarji, and my guest for this episode is Kevin Kim. Also known as Shecky, Kevin is an up-and-coming music producer and DJ based in the Bay Area. He has performed at various venues around the Bay, such as 1015 Folsom and F8, hosted by Smile High Club and Space 2950. In this episode, we talk about putting in the hours into what you love, how to get over creator's block, and how limitations and guidelines can be great when being creative. Enjoy the show. All right, Kevin, how's it going? Good, man. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I really am glad that you got to come. We work together just for the audience to know. And uh, so I know only a little bit about you, obviously, from our small conversations and what you like to do. But for the audience who don't know you, uh, go ahead and talk about yourself. Yeah, um, uh, my name is Kevin. I I live in the Bay Area, uh, originally from I was born in Korea. And then I moved to San Diego, um, and then um, I moved up here for work. Um, and then, you know, I'm a software engineer by day. And then uh, recently, I've been getting more into uh, music, music production, and DJing. So I'm a uh, now I'm a producer and a DJ. Um, I I go by Shecky. Um, that's my producer name. And um, yeah, I just make uh, like underground electronic music. Um, so. Um, trying to gain a following on over on SoundCloud um, and have some of my tracks out on Spotify as well. What genre, I guess, are you? Uh, is your music? Um, these days, I've been making a lot of um, house tracks. Uh, so, um, I guess more of the um, I'm I'm kind of part of the you know the future movement. Um, there's a future bass, future house, future beats. You know, um, they pop, that type of stuff. So. Um, but these days I'm making more on the, um, house side of things. So, um, but maybe a little groovier, uh, a little jazzier house. Um, yeah. So if you think like Ketronada or, um, Disclosure, that's kind of like the vibe that I'm going for. Okay. And, um, when it comes to producing music, what, where do you get your inspiration in, in terms of like, you know, how do you think of new melodies, beats, and all of that stuff? Mm. Do you get? Do you just listen to music all day and kind of think about it yourself, or do you just mess around with the piano or something like that? Um, I guess these days, I mean, I, I basically spend a lot of time thinking about music, um, so I'll I'll be listening to music almost constantly, and I think a lot of my inspirations are drawn from the tracks that I listen to at the time. Um, so I listen to a lot of SoundCloud, a lot of um, a lot of like mixes um, put on by different uh, collectives. Um, listen to you know all genres of music, and that's kind of how I draw my inspiration for melodies. Um, but when it comes to like actual songwriting, I'll probably start off with like a um, the melodic part of the song. So I'll start with a um, like a chord progression or like a sample that I really dig, and then I'll kind of build off the song from there. Okay, uh, yeah, and I saw an Instagram story of you playing the piano, or mm-hmm. at least the keyboard. Do you play piano? Yeah, uh, so I grew up playing piano for um, basically, you know, since I was like five. Uh, so played a lot of um, classical music growing up, um, and then um, got exposed to a little bit of jazz music as well. Oh, that's um, cool. Played a couple different instruments, and um, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's bas- or that's how I got a lot of my like musical experience growing up. Did your parents force you to play piano back oh, when yeah. you were a kid? <laughs> yes, all the time, man. That's same yeah. for me. I I started when I was in kindergarten, I think, mm-hmm. and they forced me to play. I didn't really enjoy it because I was playing classical music, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't really appreciate classical music until I was in high school. But I wish I kind of stuck with it because I would. I would have been able to play the things I really wanted to play. And I think jazz is pretty difficult, but I love listening to jazz. I love Mm -hmm. playing jazz. And that's cool that you pretty much stuck to it. Did you 
did you take lessons for a long time? Yeah, I did. I took lessons since I was little, um, right up until basically the end of high school um, in classical piano. But I mean, much like you, I never loved playing classical music. Um, I never loved like, you know, just reading off of sheet music and just kind of like being a robot and just playing out these notes. Um, so what I what I loved more about that process was like, you know, whenever I was practicing piano, I would spend maybe like um, like 30 minutes actually practicing the song that I was supposed to. And then the rest of the time, like just fooling around on my piano and just kind of like coming up with different melodies or like different songs. Um, and that freedom is kind of um, what drew me more into uh, music, I guess, like just being able to create um, and just kind of like write down, you know, these melodies in my head um, and just like play them out. And that's that's what I loved about music. Yeah. Were, were you in a band with friends or even school band during high school, like jazz band or anything like that? Yeah, I was. I was actually in a um, jazz band in high school. I played the drums. Um, oh, I play drums too. You play drums too? <laughs> I you play drums too. Yeah. Play. Okay. Were you in a jazz band playing uh, drums? I, I was just for my school. I, I played just for a little bit and then um, uh, it was so early in the morning. The class was early in the morning, mm -hmm. period zero basically. And I couldn't wake up. I'm not a morning person, so I couldn't oh, I wake see. up. So Same here, man. unfortunately I dropped out, but I missed it. I love jazz, but I mainly played in, I played percussion for the concert band. Awesome. And, and yeah. that was so fun. I played all four years. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I picked it up literally from Drumline. Oh yeah. So, okay, the movie, right? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, I went from piano, uh, from kindergarten to eight, eighth grade, mm -hmm. and then right, right when I went to high school, I switched to percussion, mm -hmm. and I started doing that because I love drumline. I wanted to do something like that. That's awesome, man. I mean, um, that's actually a very similar story to how I got started too. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I like watched. For me, it was the it was um, School of Rock. Oh, that was like the movie. Yeah. I was like, yo, like this drummer is crazy. Like, um, and like, he just looks so cool, you know, like just playing drums and um, playing in a band and things like that. So, yeah, like in middle school, um, I, I didn't want to do PE because I just I didn't like running and like exercising. <laughs> so I was like, what can I do? And our, our school offered an alternative. Like, if you're not going to do PE, you can join band instead. So then that's what I did. And then, um, and then they asked us to like pick an instrument. And I was like, I'm going with drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I got actually got started with percussion there. Were you forced to play the xylophone and bells because you knew piano? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, like I was I was definitely um, better at the melodic parts of the percussion. Yeah, uh, just because I I could read sheet music uh, yeah. from playing piano, um, but I mean my favorite was for sure like the snare drum, right? Because that's yeah. like, you know, if you play the snare in the song, you're like the boss, right? Yeah, like the I, best part. I definitely felt like that in the Drumline movie. I, I just <laughs> I just thought it was so cool, yeah. and uh, I I played like all the different instruments, but snare I think was my favorite. Yeah, and I wish our school had a drumline. We had. Just like the pep rally band mm -hmm. um where because our our school is small um and it's about 200 people per class mm -hmm. and then so our band is really small and we were playing in just football games but we didn't have like the whole performance halftime performance mm -hmm. where we go on the field and stuff like that mm -hmm. did you do that i did not do that we were the same way we we had a pretty small um band i guess so we didn't have like uh, all the marching gear and stuff like that so we would just play in the in the stands okay yeah yeah, that, that was fun because, I don't know, I felt like this was the closest I could get to Drumline. And it was it was cool because we got to kind of make our own music and stuff like that. Okay. At least the Drumline because the percussionists, there were only about like six or seven of us. Mm -hmm. And there were times when in, in the middle of like when there's a timeout or something, our music instructor would let us play. And so we would compose our own music awesome. or, or just like drums. But, you know... I can figure out what the snare is going to do, the crash yeah. cymbal, uh, mm -hmm. bass and all that. So it was really fun. Oh, wow. So you actually like wrote out the beats that you guys were going to play and stuff? A little bit. A little That's bit. awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. That was the closest I got to making music. But um, yeah, for, for you, did you make your own music when you were playing piano or drums or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I never wrote anything out, but 
um, like when I was practicing piano, I would just spend a lot of time like creating my own shit. Um, and and I guess with like drums too. Um, I mean, drumming is like half of it is I think like improvising, because when you get sheet music for drums, especially in jazz music, you don't really like they don't tell you what notes to play every measure. Um, they're just like play in this tempo and then like in this section like the band's gonna play this so maybe like play along if you want to um and that's kind of like the extent of sheet music and, and drumming i think um so i mean you're constantly like creating and at that point so i played in a concert band basically you know throughout like most of my high school years and then towards the end i switched to jazz because like just that whole aspect of you know constantly improvising and ad living is it was just like so fun to me yeah and I just like once i got a taste of that i was like yo i have to like keep going um so then even after high school i just like kept like self teaching um like jazz like chord progressions and um just chords in general like instead of playing sheet music you would play um like you i, I learned like how to play different chords um which kind of helped me play more of like the mainstream music because those are all based on like chords, right? So, um, yeah, and then just like learning different progressions and um, kind of like bridging the gap between my knowledge in like classical music and just like more practical application of music, which is, you know, like these like chords and more mainstream music. And yeah, and then. I guess all of those experiences now help are helping me produce and you know make some beats. Yeah. So when when did you get from doing percussion and drums and piano to making your own and producing music? Um, I started producing music. Um, if we were to go all the way back, I started like putting like my own songs together in like high school. Um, I had a Mac at the time and I just had a had GarageBand on it. I wanted to learn how to use it. So then I would, you know, um, record different layers and like put it together uh, in a project. Um, so that's how I got started. And then I think, um, I guess in college, I got more into electronic music. And that's when I realized like um, there's a whole new world of music out there. And, you know, especially with elect electronic music, there's so much freedom in what kind of sounds you can use um, and just li it's literally limitless right so um, it fascinated me so I just I got more into um, producing like electronic beats um, so at the time I think dubstep was getting pretty popular and you know like electronic music was on the rise um, and like a lot of the mainstream songs at the time were also incorporating a lot of electronic elements to it. So it's getting big and um, kind of wanted to like, you know, start my own shit too. So uh, that's how I um, kind of got to producing. Never got too serious with it until after I graduated and started working and I had enough money to kind of invest in my own gear. And that's, you know, that's when I um, kind of got more serious with it, I will say. Yeah, I feel like uh, as a college student, um, sometimes if the hobby is too expensive, it's hard mm -hmm. to really get to get the equipment that you need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what happened with me with videography because I made videos when I was young mm -hmm. a little bit and I did it in college, but I didn't have any DSLR or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get my first equipment until after college as well. Nice. So yeah. it, it, it kind of kind of helps that, you know, after working, you can yeah. get your own gear, mm -hmm. but you're also working you know during the day mm -hmm. and it's hard to to make time to do what you really want to do like a, your hobby or something like that your yep. your passion how do you how do you balance your time with work as well as producing music and even performing shows which we'll talk about soon but mm. yeah um i mean as you probably know it's it's hard right it's you know after a, a full day of work you know coming home and kind of like it takes I, th I think it takes a lot to just kind of like overcome your desire to just sit back and kick it. Um, but I think for me, what drives me is kind of my, um, I guess my passion. 
um, I have a lot of fun making music and it's also very like therapeutic just to be like pumping out songs um, and just the fact that like every hour that I spend on my hobby or what is my hobby now you know can help kind of like further my uh, progress right um, to a point where you know one day I can um, maybe make a living out of music or and just kind of make that my you know main thing and I think that's um, that's the goal here for me for sure and um, yeah I'm just putting in the time and the work to I guess try to make that happen when it comes to uh, balancing are you good with thinking about work during work hours and then thinking mm-hmm. about your hobby during the off time mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say I'm the best at it <laughs> But it definitely helps to kind of take a break from both, right? When you're working on work, you know, it gives you time away from music, which is definitely necessary when you want to, um, like, when you don't want to burn out, I guess. Um, and, like, vice versa, right? So um, I think it's, you know, it might be distracting sometimes, but um, at the end of the day, I think it's good for both, uh, both music and work to have their own little separate space i guess yeah so now that you know you're you're working and you're able to work focus on this more what got you what got you to the point where you were able to say okay i'm ready to release music i don't know if Mm. when you released your music first track basically but how much time and effort did you put to finally say okay i'm ready to release my first music i'm ready to start performing and all of that i think i spend my like first three years of making music just um like not releasing anything and just having everything be in my uh my computer was this in college or did you um like did you make a ton of music in college and then not release it or did you start making more tracks and then not releasing it after college uh it mainly started after college um but i do have like a list of unfinished beats um it's like some of it's just like four bar loop of some idea that I like started and I was like sounds like shit so I'm not gonna finish it and I think it took me a few years of time to kind of get more confident in my sound and my producing abilities but also um, learn enough I guess to like be able to finish a song like I think finishing a song I think a lot of people who make music would also agree finishing a song is like the biggest hurdle for anyone who's like starting out making music because it's like it might be um super fun to and like you know quick to like come up with a loop and you know like a simple idea for a song but to kind of build that out into a full song and be comfortable enough with it to release it is like an entirely different process um so it took a while for me How'd you, how'd you overcome that, that hump, basically, to finally finish a song? Um, I took a, I, I just watched a lot of, like, tutorials. Um, and then one day I just said, like, fuck it. Like, I'm just, I just, like, try to, like, finish this, you know? No matter how, like, shitty it might sound at the end of the day, I'm just going to, you know, work on it until I'm done with it. And then that's what I did. Um, and then after that first song, like, the second song was, like, so much easier to finish. Um I don't know if you have the same like kind of difficulty with uh, videography, but at least in like um, music production, like that was like a huge milestone for me just to release that first song. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's exactly the same thing for me for mm-hmm. video. Uh, when when I was making my first few videos, it was just travel videos, but I never released it because I was very self conscious about oh, it's not. No, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, shaky. I had a problem. I still have a problem with filming handheld, and mm-hmm. then my footage is super shaky, and I didn't know how to really deal with that. And mm-hmm. then, um, but I realized that exact exact same thing with you. I was like, "Fuck it! I'm just gonna release it. Who cares if it's bad? I'm just gonna improve." And what I tried to do was each and every video that I make, I'm going to improve one thing at a time. And it's like mm-hmm. incremental. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about you and how you try to progress, but w- when it came to video for me, it was, okay, I'll learn how to 
do do a certain movement with the camera I'll, I'll learn something new for post-production or something like mm -hmm. that and and that really helped me improve kind of slowly uh, especially because take making a video and I'm sure same for you making a track is taking a while to really think about it and um, and sometimes it's really fast mm -hmm. right so um, I, I really it really hit home for me when you said that you know it, it it's all that self-confidence after you release the first track and then it just gets easier and easier mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it's kind of it's very eerie how similar like it is you know between your experience and my experience but yeah i'm exactly the same way like or i was exactly the same way where um each track uh that i produced and released after that first track i would kind of try to try a different thing um or like try a different genre or different approach and then you know i think at the end of the day all of that experience combined is very was very very like helpful and um productive how did you find your genre because i'm sure you messed around with different genres and figured out what you like like what was your process to figure that out i wouldn't say i'm like stuck to a genre at this moment um i'm still trying to define my sound um but i guess it's just uh it, w it just depends on like what I'm listening to at the time um, and just these days I guess I've been enjoying a lot of house music and I think house is definitely on the come up um, in the at least in the Bay Area scene it's the guys like K Trinata you know that like kind of completely changed the game in house music where they you know they add so much like soul and so much vibes into a house track which you know Maybe before that, before K Trinata, it was like, it was a lot of like, uh, you know, future house, deep house. House was like something you play at like a um, festival or like, um, you know, when you're just like, when you're just trying to like dance and party and stuff. And K Trinata was the first guy to come out and be like, hey, you can also like just groove to this and just like, you know, it can be, you can have like a chiller house music too and that's what he did i think he like combined like super soulful r&b songs with like this dope house beat and then just made like um made a whole genre out of it and i think for me right now that's like what i fuck with the most and it's it's like just so fun making those type of tracks because um, you don't have to like be in a super like energetic mood or anything to listen to these tracks you can just be like you know, at the end of the uh, work day you can just you know be driving home and be like grooving to these tracks and be like hey yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's super it's chill good. it feels good yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, so. I really like that kind of music because you don't have to be super energetic and it's not too dull that it's, you're gonna fall asleep or anything it's mm -hmm. kind of like a winding down kind of yeah, music yeah. it's just like a happy bob happy right? bob yeah yeah, 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 yeah. for sure yeah. I think I saw Kei Trinata either at Outside Lands or Flogna, Camp Flogna. Have oh, you yeah. heard of that? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in LA. And um, that was fun because uh, I heard him for the first time then. Mm -hmm. my, my friends uh, listened to K Trinata already and he was good. Like, I really like his music. I didn't know that he produced for a lot of the songs that I listened to. Mm. So, I, you know, that, I like that kind of genre. Um, I wish I knew more people like that. Mm -hmm. And I, w I want to go to more shows like that because it's super chill. Yeah, it is. Um, and you know how like hip hop is getting super big nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I think like guys like Ketronada are kind of experimenting on top of you know the hip hop that's out there, and they're kind of like mixing that with stuff that they like, and kind of creating a new genre out of that. So, and that's happening all over the place right now. I think in SoundCloud um, and just in like the underground scene, where Ketronada's I think just starting out a movement of a bunch of producers like just making like all types of um like r&b remixes um just like throw an r&b acapella and then throw a beat of their choice and then that's like um that's like really catching fire right now i think so yeah i, I feel like that's how i got into soundcloud because i started hearing remixes i started hearing like a lot of future bass and mm -hmm. um those kind of artists really got me into a lot of the the up-and-comers of, mm. of SoundCloud basically mm -hmm. and um, Wave Racer was like one of the people <laughs> I know we talked about it earlier but yeah. Wave Racer was one of the first few people um, I heard of and 
we were talking about how he was he wasn't here for a long time he wasn't playing any shows or making new music and finally he's coming out coming back out to maybe perform or maybe make some more music or something like that yeah and i feel like those kind of artists were what i was listening to um like lewis the child mm. um, manila killa and those people started from soundcloud and mm -hmm. and they created a genre in soundcloud yeah so mm -hmm. I, f I feel like soundcloud was one of the greatest platforms for people to release music you know try things out the experiment basically and yeah. and you know Trinado was one of the first few people to to make an experimental style and genre and mm -hmm. release it so I, mm -hmm. I i really like that and i feel like soundcloud has brought a whole community right mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you use SoundCloud and a lot of your friend producers use SoundCloud too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. It's basically, I think it's the go-to platform for a, a lot of the more underground producers these days. Just because it, it gives you the freedom to upload, you know, um, as many times as you want. Um, uh, and just kind of reach out to, like, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of people active on SoundCloud. Um, and it's a great platform to kind of spread your music um, and also just like hit up other producers and like support each other in, in, within the community. So do you meet a lot of producers or contact <coughs> contact a lot of producers through SoundCloud and then meet up for shows or anything like that? So we use SoundCloud Messenger to um, kind of um, discuss music, but also to discuss like collaborating um, but we also use other platforms as well because these days, you know, like all the artists and producers are on, on pretty much all platforms on like all, on, on all social media platforms. Um, because, you know, like if you're not, you kind of have to use, uh, social media to promote your shit. Um, and also just to, uh, build connections with other producers as well. Do you meet with them in person or do you kind of exchange ideas and then maybe give a beat and then send it to them you know email it or whatever and then they add something on it like chords how, mm -hmm. how what's your process basically with collaborating um both i guess um sometimes when when i um sometimes i'll just send out like an unfinished beat to someone and then we'll just kind of um that'll be our starting point and then um we'll like build a song from that um and there's a really, really good like platform to do that, especially on if you're on Ableton. Um, there's a uh, service called Splice, and it's basically if you're in software engineering, like it's the same thing as GitHub, but for Ableton. So you kind of like um, you have this like source control, and you can just upload like your version of uh, the song into this uh into the cloud and then they can download that version and like add to it and just um keep going like that and that's how i've worked on all my collaborations or i'll just meet someone in person and then you know we'll talk about music and then we'll just get started in making a beat and then we'll upload that onto spice and then we'll finish it later on at a later time that's pretty cool and i feel like um a lot of times you guys create a community and you get meet other producers from each other right like mm -hmm. kind of acquaintances and friends mm -hmm. and i know you're um pretty close with the small high club um how did you guys meet how did you meet them basically and the the community and then how did you guys start working together so small high club man um so david he's the guy behind the whole um the whole thing i mean he's the man so Small High Club is all about like um, bringing out you know the more underexposed producers and DJs, um, giving them a platform to be heard. And um, luckily, like he found one of my tracks, uh, I think from SoundCloud, and then he featured it on his radio show. And um, after that, he he was uh, hosting this like monthly um, monthly show. Uh, where he would just bring out a, a bunch of like underground artists and producers and throw a show. And um, yeah, and then he like invited me out to DJ um, in one of these. And then I got to meet him in person and then we just built a relationship off of there. And since then, like uh, we've been supporting each other and so shout you, out to Smile High. 
So your first show was with Small High then. Yeah. That's cool. And and how how did you get shows after that? Do you did you continuously work with Small High or you know did you work with other people? Did you contact other producers? Uh, I uh, so after the first show, I worked um, a couple more times with uh, Small High um, to support them in some other shows. Um, and you know off of those other shows i built more relationships i guess with um some other collectives in the bay area um guys like space 2950 there's so many dope collectives that are just like putting out amazing shows uh, bringing out like like super talented producers to the bay area yeah so then i was able to get some opportunities to um to open for those DJs. You played at 1015 recently. Oh, and, yeah. And how was that? Because in my opinion, I feel like, and, and I think you wrote this on a post or something, playing at 1015 is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was unforgettable experience. Um, yeah, 1015 is definitely like the venue, I think, when you, when you think about the Bay Area. And they always bring out like the dopest artists and just like... Getting an opportunity to play there is just an amazing honor. And all my friends came out to support me, which is amazing. Like, I'm so thankful for them uh, for just supporting me through through this journey. <laughs> how was how's performing? Because I've performed for band, but I'm, you know, percussion is always in the back. Mm. Uh, I've, I've performed piano, like, in front of a crowd and stuff. And I was get nervous. How was how's the experience with for your, you know, for performing in front of a crowd and stuff like that? Oh, just in general? Or? Yeah, in general. Um, I I always I still always get nervous before the show. Like I get very chittery. Um, but once I'm up there and I start playing um, music, I think it's you know I get pretty comfortable, like rather quickly with with some help from like Liquid Courage, <laughs> and always. Yeah, um, and it just you know try to just try to have fun, I guess. Um, and if I make any mistakes. Um, you know, just like get over it and then uh, just keep going. Yeah. Um, and you know, so far, like it's been fun. It's been great. Um, yeah. No, like crazy uh, mess ups or anything like that. Yeah. And you got you got a pretty good support group. So I've been to a couple of your shows and your friends that uh, come <laughs> yeah. to support you. They're yeah. they're fun. They're just. Sh- shouting your name and like they're they're <laughs> yeah. dancing and they're screaming and it's, it's so fun yeah they they always uh never fail to bring out the energy um which i super appreciate because i feel like without my homies it would just be like uh you know it would just be me and like an empty crowd right so no uh, dude i, I mean <laughs> you it, it's it's good to have like a group of friends that come and support you right and and a lot of times the people that um, are your real fans are the first initially the first group and they'll mm. spread the word right and mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something where um, same with the small high community or something like that you guys are in a tight knit group you guys like each other's st- content and all of that and then you're promoting each other mm-hmm. and I I think that's you know that's not a bad thing at all uh, oh yeah it, it goes with my videos I, I think as of right now I'm, I don't have like 10k followers or mm-hmm. anything like that but. Um, for the people that watch my videos and stuff, I'm, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't discredit all your friends. Yeah, man. No, like discrediting them at all. I mean, like they're amazing friends, and like I'm like super grateful that they, you know, they've been coming out to pretty much all of my shows since I got started. That's cool. And man, like so thankful to like have that support system. Yeah. Are they um, college friends or? Are they, they are. A lot of them are college friends. That's like another part of the reason why like I enjoy doing this so much, and I was um, able to have like a more like successful gigs um, just because I I got the confidence, I got the energy um, from them. Like I was able to feed off of you know their positivity, their what they brought to you know each and every show, and it's like just seeing them like enjoying my music and you know dancing to whatever I'm playing, you know it's it's an amazing feeling and. Um, yeah, just very grateful to have them by my side. Do you enjoy performing more, or do you enjoy producing more, or I guess both? It's a it's an enjoyable experience to be out on the stage and be um, like playing music, uh, the music that you fuck with, but also music that you've created, and you know you're hearing 
like all this coming out of like you know club speakers yeah. and that's an amazing feeling um and i think preparing for djing is also something that helps with producing because you're you're digging and you're like um consciously like looking for new music and listening to a bunch of new music um and that always helps with inspiration uh for music that i'll be creating um and producing i would say is you know just a, a different part of the equation i guess um still a lot of fun i mean that's where all of the creative process is um so they i would say they kind of go hand in hand i don't know if you've had basically the producer's version of a writer's block because when it comes to me for video sometimes i'll record something and i even record for eight hours and sometimes i'm just like man i don't know what to do with this like i didn't really plan it sometimes it just um it's just like i just have all these clips and i don't know what to do with it i don't know how to start it i think the hardest part for me is starting because um i get this like block of like man i want this kind of intro but i don't know how to do it mm. you know how, how do you have you experienced that and how do you oh, yeah. get over it all the time man um i think writer's block is definitely real and um i guess to get over it um just gotta keep going like just try different things i mean i'm not sure if this is how this is the same in videography but at least when you're working with um music production like when you run out of ideas you can just try a bunch of things and see if anything comes out to be like decent and then that can kind of like sprout another idea so um yeah sometimes i'll do that um or I'll just take a break, you know, like maybe if I've been working on it for so long, um, maybe my creative juice is out and I need to like get out there um, because I think um, pretty much every experience helps you get inspired to create more music. Um, it's not purely like, um, oh, I need to be listening to music to create music. I don't think it's like that. I think, you know, you want to have a lot of like i mean you you bring a lot of that creative energy from your life experiences as well so just going out there and like gaining new experiences maybe going on a trip or something um it always helps so yeah yeah do, do you um sometimes just not you know do you just go around and just walk around the park and then like a, a melody comes to you does that ever happen or does it is it more of just like oh i'm focusing on this and then i'm you know trying to come up with a track and then then i think about it kind of both i guess <laughs> it it definitely comes when i'm like thinking about it but um kind of like you said you have to like step away and you have to be like doing something else i think to sometimes get a better um like a more creative idea so place that i like to go to when i want new fresh ideas is like at the shower like I like I love like taking a shower and just like because when you're in the shower like you're not really you don't have the capacity to think about anything else right because um, you're not like doing much you're just like you know showering <laughs> yeah so um, when I think about you know my songs in the shower like I'll like sometimes just be like super um, inspired and just like have these like melodies come out, come out um in my head yeah i feel like uh i've heard that a lot of times from other people or I, that happens to me with either at work when i'm trying to figure out a programming issue or something like that or <laughs> bug and taking a shower going for a walk and then driving for me mm. i think shower and driving are the two activities that help me clear my mind mm -hmm. and then get over that hump and i feel like uh that yeah that that really helps me too because yeah um it, it really I feel like if you're in a loop of like trying to figure something out, mm -hmm. uh, you might as well do something else and you might as well work out or do something to, right. to get over the fact that you're stuck. Yeah. And then it, you'll clear your mind and then mm -hmm. figure, figure out what you want to figure out. So new melody, mm -hmm. um, you know, how to, for me, how to start a video and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. but yeah. That, that's cool. I, <laughs> I really resonate with that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I think if you think about it too hard, it's almost like counterproductive like you have to 
like step back and like let your let your brain do its thing kind of you know like i think creativity is um it's um sprouted from like your instincts i think a lot of times uh, i don't know if you, you i don't know if you agree but it's like you just kind of like you be like um like listening to a song and then when you like press stop like you your brain kind of like continues the idea and then oh yeah that's like how a lot of like ideas happen for me too like just letting your brain do its thing um without you like thinking about it too much and then you're like wait that was like a pretty good like melody i can use that for a track um so experiences like that yeah if, I, I think that's right because when i watch a video and maybe i'll pause it or even if it like tries to, it buffers or anything like that i have an imagination of what could happen mm-hmm. and i think about like new ways and I, I do think that a lot of um our create quote-unquote creativity comes from inspiration and piecing together a lot of things that we've seen or heard yeah uh, in the past right 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 so even a lot of the i mean i'll admit a lot of the videos that i've made they're inspired like the the way i film it or the way i like um edit it, it mm-hmm. it's inspired by um how other people have done it how like I, I watch a lot of YouTubers. I watch a lot of videographers, mm-hmm. and even how I set up an interview um, for m- one of my videos mm-hmm. is inspired by videos, documentaries like Chef's Table and something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. I feel like our creative, our mind, like connects all these uh, dots mm-hmm. and creates something out of that. So. Right, and that's that's like so beautiful, right? Like you know, ideas are kind of like um, creating more ideas. You can like. You know, have you can be inspired by an idea, um, but you don't necessarily have to like think that like you're you know like taking this guy's idea, right? You can like make it your own, and then you can like form an entirely new um, identity from it, or genre, um, or a video idea or something, right? So yeah, I think um, that's also another way to learn because if you're trying to come up with something on your own without any inspiration or without um, like watching other, you know, other work, artists' mm-hmm. work and stuff like that, you're, you're never going to improve. You're never going to come up with ideas because, uh, at least for me, it's like, for example, if I'm seeing someone film a certain way, mm-hmm. I'll think, okay, I'll do that, but maybe add my own twist or do it differently because mm-hmm. I didn't exactly like how they, they filmed it. Mm-hmm. Or when they edit like an intro, I'm like, oh, okay, I would have done something else, but I get what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'd change it to my own. Yeah. And that's how you add your own feel, right? That's right. how you add your own identity, like you were saying. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, for my videos, I have, I try to go for like a cinematic, cinematic shots and I all see. of that stuff. And yeah. obviously, I'm getting uh, inspiration from other videos, mm-hmm. but I feel like I do have a sort of feel to most of my videos, at mm-hmm. least for my documentaries, uh, the series that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Project Identity, which turned into Local Docs. It's like for um, to promote small artists, like local artists, small businesses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I definitely have this like feel of the mm-hmm. video. So you know that it's kind of, it's mine. Yeah. Even, even though I borrowed some ideas from other people. Yeah. I think I definitely know what you mean. Like watching your videos, I definitely get like a very consistent, like uh, it makes me feel a certain way for sure. And I think you definitely like done a good job adding your flavor um, into these videos. and. Like, to me, knowing nothing about videography, like, I have no idea where you drew these ideas from, but certainly there's this consistency to it, and, you know, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. I think, um, like, with my Instagram stories, I'm trying to it just experiment. So mm-hmm. any anytime I do something, I'm trying out new transitions or trying out, like, new ways of filming, and mm-hmm. especially, like, the shows that, you know, I, mm-hmm. I filmed for your events. I, I learned a lot from all of those and um, even though they're just Instagram stories I feel like I learned so much just yeah. recording maybe like a one hour set from you mm-hmm. and then trying to make a video out of it mm-hmm. or for Instagram man yeah I, I started to le- like those a lot and that keeps keeps the juices flowing because mm-hmm. um, for uh, the other videos that I make it takes weeks or months right oh, to I really see. to really do something and if I have that feel um, I can't go past the the boundaries mm-hmm. of what I'm trying to make a video of. Yeah. But with the Instagram stories, I can experiment and 
try something new right so, right yeah yeah kind of giving you I, I think like limitation is great in, when it comes to a creative process like if you have you know an endless like boundless um, capabilities um, then like it's almost like impossible to figure out what you want to do but True. once you're given like this limitation of like okay you have to fit it when, within this minute um, I'm sure like it helps you right to kind of narrow down what you need to do um, and it's exactly like the same for music too like if I'm working on a song with only a limited amount of sounds like that can sometimes like you know make it so much easier for me to come up with new ideas um, than to have like a whole palette of like endless sounds that I can <laughs> use right yeah that's true actually for video too because uh, with your the one minute or one hour set that you played I only had you know n number of of shots so mm -hmm. i had to deal with what i had uh so yeah that, that actually makes sense and mm -hmm. and i also create a deadline for myself i don't know if you do this uh. but because i feel like you release tracks so often um i create a deadline to say if i'm filming an activity on the weekend i'm releasing it the next day oh, I see. and 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 that limitation as well yeah. makes me i i try to learn something my my criteria is learn something new yeah and then as well as turn it in by a certain deadline. Mm -hmm. So I'm not spending way too much time. And at least for me, because it's IG story, it's it will disappear in 24 hours if I didn't like it. Mm. So, but putting my work out there and with whatever limitation I have mm -hmm. uh, makes me try to be more creative. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I really, I see that now and I didn't even think about oh. <laughs> that until you said it. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're exactly right though. Like. Um, like I'm not as disciplined as you to kind of set this deadline for myself, but definitely if I'm working on a song, uh, the bulk of it is worked on in like within like a couple of days, I think. And that's because like when you have that like um, momentum, um, I think it helps a lot with the creative process as well. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like you release a lot of videos pretty often. I mean, no, sorry, not videos, songs mm. pretty often. Um, I think, yeah, probably not as often as I want to, but uh, I think it's often enough for sure. I think there is a certain pressure for more underground artists to kind of uh, be more consistent with your releases. Otherwise, you know, it's it's hard enough these days for like a big big time artist to um, be stay relevant, like an artist might be relevant for like you know a couple months and then like another artist will come by and then like kind of overshadow that artist so i think in music you kind of have to have this consistency like drake is a great example because he's like always pumping out so much content and like you know look where he's now right like he has you know so many like hits and like everybody knows who he is um because of that i think that has a lot to do with it and I think for an underground artist, it's um, almost even more important to continuously like pumping out stuff, um, not only to stay relevant, but also to like work on your your game, right? You want to um, put in your ten thousand hours. So, I, I'm trying to push out as much content as I can, but obviously it's it's hard um, balancing you know your full time job and um, music and yeah and you know i'm sure you know all about that so yeah so you're yeah. you're motivated i mean you're hustling basically trying to <laughs> yeah. well yeah. At, at least you're putting the effort and obviously since you're not doing this full time you know it you're, you're putting a lot of work i'm at least i'm noticing that you're putting a lot of work into it mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of shows um you know i feel like you're always working so i think you're you're hustling pretty hard <laughs> thanks man um yeah we'll, we'll just see how it goes and um you know till till i see the fruits of my labor labor um i want to you know keep going keep pushing as hard as i can um see where i can take this thing you know and yeah so what what is next for you then first thing is for me to you know be as as good of a producer as i can be right um so you know with that It'll it'll take a lot of a lot more hours for me to, I think, get to a point where I can um, deem myself as, you know, um, a skilled producer. I think. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is, I think, 
you know, having tracks out there that, you know, people know and love. Hopefully at the end of the day, like if I can make this thing into like a full-time gig, then, you know, that that's dream come true. Yeah, well, uh, I'm really excited for the tracks that you're going to make because, I mean, obviously I love your music. Um, for the That's audience nice. that don't know, I used a theme song for this podcast the, with the song that you made me. Oh, yeah. So, um, awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I really love that track. Uh, thank you for doing it, by the way. Oh, anytime, man. Um, thanks for being a great friend uh, and just supporting coming out to all my shows, too. And I mean, I'm not sure, um, like I'm sure a lot of, uh, people who follow me have seen your clips and your like yeah. um, montages of you know the shows that I played and you know they all turned out super dope. So Dude. I'm very grateful for you for doing that. Appreciate well. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'll, and I'll continue to use your songs for my videos because oh, I, I I love supporting my music like producer friends because I could use the music for my videos and try mm -hmm. to be creative with you know the beats and the melodies and mm -hmm. uh so keep them coming i'll, oh, I'll probably sure, use a lot of more of your tracks and stuff like that yeah and it's it's awesome to like you know get to know someone who's also trying to like maybe in a different field but you know doing the same thing and like you know spending their creative energy um and you know their talents towards um their passion and yeah, it's just very inspiring to, you know, to get to know someone like you. And um, yeah, let's just keep pushing, I guess. For yeah. sure, man. <laughs> yeah, cool. So um, that's it for all my questions. Um, if people want to reach you or, you know, to listen to your music, mm -hmm. uh, where should they go? Um, you can find me on SoundCloud or Spotify, um, Shaki, S-H-E-K-I. Um, I think on SoundCloud, it's S-H underscore E-K-I. Um, and then you can find me on IG as well, um, sh.eki. Um, yeah, and then um, yeah, I'll just stay tuned for more content. Um, I have some dope collaborations that are um, waiting to be released. It's still working on them, but you know they're gonna be they're gonna be fire. Um, and I have a couple shows that are upcoming, uh, which I'll probably be announcing on my IG soon. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned for more Shecky. <laughs> Exciting, man. Yeah. All right. Cool. And that's it. Cool.